You are listening to the audio version of the Courtauld Digital Media Blog. My name is Francesca Humi, and I am a digitization volunteer. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy this post. The Man Who Wasn't There Observing Portraiture Through the Eyes of Anthony Kirsting. Written by Alia Ahmad. Posted on the 18th of December 2018. When I first started my internship, I was in awe at the large collection of archives kept everywhere around the Witt and Conway Library, which is situated in the basement of the Courtauld Institute. I was so intrigued I wanted to open every archive box I could, without being tagged as the new nosy intern. I'm happy to say that I now proudly hold that title even before I opened all the boxes. However, being nosy can have its perks. After asking so many questions regarding the stacks of blue-labelled boxes around the staff section of the Conway, I was introduced to the mysterious and yet enchanting world of the British photographer, Anthony Kirsting. What struck me the most was the number of boxes labelled with the name of one person, and also the number of countries mentioned under his name on the boxes. I was curious about how much this man achieved, travelled and explored throughout his life. The image below is a scan of a double-page spread of one of Kirsting's ledgers. Kirsting kept a record of all his photographs. These entries show photographs taken in Tangier, Morocco, and Beeston, Nottingham. Kirsting was a photographer whose interest around the world focused on religious monuments, landscapes, portraits, and sometimes private homes. Known as Tony, Kirsting was born on the 7th of November 1916 and died on the 2nd of September, 2008. Although frequent travelling was unusual in his early years of activity as a photographer, and the breadth of his travels rather hard to believe, his photographs and journal entries represent irrefutable proof of his gallivanting around the world. I was really impressed by the number of places he visited in a short period of time, especially in the 1930s when travelling was expensive and, more often than not, hazardous. Indeed, he travelled to places such as Norway, Egypt, Palestine, Morocco and the Bahamas. Kirsting's photographs perfectly find comfort within their habitat. I was quite intrigued as to what methods he used to create this effortless relationship between him and his subjects. I chose to analyse portraiture as a theme because it reflects reality through the eyes of the beholder, as it is, in effect, a window to Kirsting's personality. Below are a selection of images chosen almost at random from Kirsting's camera reel. Most of the photographs here are portraits. They show subjects, some posed, some candid, in both rural and urban settings. In these images, most of the subjects are either smiling or carrying on with their daily duties, not being wary of Kirsting's presence. Were the people portrayed already familiar with photography? Or did Kirsting have a particular ability to create a reassuring bond with his subjects, a method that he skillfully implemented as any masterful photographer would? Another photograph of a woman smiling into the camera has the following written on the back by Kirsting himself. A costume of one of the girls in the procession, the dresses of the women in this group were black, indicating that this district was of Spanish origin. While investigating Kirsting, I remembered Ibn al-Haytam, a Muslim scientist who talked about the theory of invisibility, a theory forever present in my memory as a science fiction and fantasy-obsessed child. 
I used to believe that Ibn al-Haytam actually had a way to remain invisible whenever he desired, although in fact, al-Haytam was describing how objects are identified by rays of light entering the eye. The reason Ibn al-Haytam came to mind so strongly while looking at A.F. Kirsting's portraits is that, much like Ibn al-Haytam in my childhood imagination, Kirsting as a photographer had the ability to disappear. His presence was undetectable in the eyes of the people he chose to capture, even those who might never have seen a camera before, or even a westerner. Kirsting seems to have made himself invisible through his humanity in creating a comfortable atmosphere for his subjects, and through his unseen and unbelievable footsteps around the globe. This still haunts me. In 1939, Kirsting volunteered for the RAF and made use of his time in the Middle East to take photographs. Later, he continued to travel the Middle East and beyond, documenting his travels in great detail. The photographs I've chosen here are two stunning portraits. One is labelled North Iraq, a Yazidi girl, while on the back of the other, Kirsting has written North Iraq, a Yazidi girl at Sheikh Adi. Both women gaze straight into the camera. Whereas travellers before him documented what they witnessed in words, Kirsting, it would seem, already believed that a picture speaks a thousand words. He put his impressive skills in choosing the themes and subjects of his photographs to reflect reality as it is, making his subjects look truly at home. His photographs also show great instinctive, almost natural awareness of and respect for local customs. The emotions of the subjects being captured reveal the complexity of the relationship between the subject and the master, and the narrative behind the shot. Between them, a wall of culture subtly dissolves. Below, I've chosen a final selection of Kirsting's photographs, all showing subjects seemingly at ease, except the last image. The first photograph shows a woman with a diving helmet on, catching a fish in her hand in the Bahamas. The second is annotating by Kirsting, a Bedouin woman in Old Cairo. She glances towards the camera with a pot balanced on her head. The third image is labelled a typical Yazidi man. The fourth photograph is labelled up the hill above Nazareth, Arab women on their donkeys. Next is a photograph Kirsting titled Sudanese Beauty. The woman captured here smiles widely into the camera. The penultimate image is labelled Two Arab Children in Capernaum, 1943. The two children, perhaps siblings, confront the camera straight on. Only in the last image is there a hint at a more unwanted presence of the photographer. Kirsting has labelled the photograph A Woman Shy of the Camera at Kenna in Upper Egypt. The woman raises her right hand to steady a huge vessel on her head. Her left hand seems to have quickly grabbed at her robe, pulling it up to cover her lower face. <laughs>